I'm Neil Godbu, writer, journalist, proud shit disturber. I'm Michael Cass, an artist, and I don't have as many lofty titles as Neil. This is everything. Everything. So it's October. It's October. Oh, oh yeah. Well, when when we publish this, when we post this, it'll be October. So there's there's a few things. Thanksgiving. Yep. And baseball. Baseball. See, everybody, oh, it's the start of hockey and football's on and whatever. But come on, October is baseball. It's a World Series. It's the playoffs. It's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, but we had a little conflict just before I hit the record button, and you said something about Green Bay, and I just can't. I, I, got, I have to stand up because I'm a Minnesota fan. I'm a Viking fan. Oh, <laughs> the Vikings. So, oh, come I'm, on. Okay. I am a long-suffering Minnesota Viking fan. Well, so the, when you uh, said Green Bay, I was like, no, we can't see, be friends. See, I, 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 I'm actually not a Packers fan because they're in the same division as the Seahawks, or at the same conference as the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, that Seahawks are my team. So, <sighs> uh, but, but I, but I, I. When all else fails, and the Seahawks have been more bad than good over the years, and this is going to be another bad season for the Seahawks. After a lot of good season, they've actually been a really good team for the last 10 years. But uh, but then I root for the Packers. They're the small market team. I can't help but root for the small market team. The Green Bay Packers are the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the NFL, and I, you got to root for that team. I think well, – I'll go back to the, the Seahawks. Pete Carroll, when he came out of USC, was probably the only – one of very few um, coaches to come from the college ranks to to be as successful as he was uh, in the NFL. I mean, see, we we start uh, we mentioned baseball and then started talking yeah, about football. Okay. I, I mean, I mean, October uh, October is a great time for sports fans in general, right? Yeah. Because everything is happening. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and the NBA is starting up. NHL is starting up. Uh, football is on. CFL is heading into playoffs. NFL's going strong. So it's yeah. There's there's lots going on. My wife won uh, the roll up roll up the rim to win three months of Sportsnet. I don't have cable. I'm, I'm sure I can stream Sportsnet, but I'm holding off. I'm like, what can I watch on Sportsnet? Can I watch baseball? Yes, you can. Well, maybe it's time to, you know, but I haven't seen a Super Bowl. And I'm, I'm more of a football fan than a baseball fan, but I love baseball. And we were talking before. I, I used to be a Cubs fan. Oh, wow. <laughs> a Cubs fan. Um, them bums. I know, I know. I've never been a Yankees fan. Just so we're well, everybody, but everybody in their right mind hates the Yankees, and and the Yankees, uh, as we're recording this, uh, they're they're playing their three game series with the Blue Jays. They won the the opening game last night. Uh, I would say all but clinching a playoff spot, and so the goddamn Yankees are in the playoffs again. If they, um. If they if the Jays make it to the wild card, what do you think their chances are of? Uh, the, the the Jays are a young team, meaning that it's very unpredictable. Mm -hmm. uh, they could they could go on a run and, and win it all, uh, or or they could or they could just get totally trounced by the more experienced, more loaded teams like the Yankees, like Tampa Bay. I stopped watching baseball after the strike. 
or because of the strike. Yeah, I and I, I think a lot of people. Uh, but between the strike and and the juicing era, the the Maguire Sosa Barry Bonds era, mm-hmm. I I lost my faith in baseball for a time. But I, I I've just I've always loved the game. Uh, of course, baseball has had some newer scandals. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the, <laughs> the the Houston Astros winning the World Series should have an asterisk beside it because of the whole uh, cheating with the signals thing. Yeah. Uh, it, although I've got to be careful with that because one of the instrumental players on the Toronto Blue Jays, George Springer, was on that Houston team. In fact, I believe he was the World Series MVP. I think if you can pick up signals and you can figure out what their signals are, all the more power to you. So, but now, how did they cheat? How did were they using cameras and sending? So, so, uh, so, so but but it was also then what they were doing is that um, then they were using their own signals to uh, right signal to other batter to batters and and to when they were in the in the field, sort of what was about to happen. And so I, I, I I'm with you. I mean, ba- at its heart, baseball is a game of deception. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the pitcher is trying to deceive the batter. Yeah. That's it. And, you know, and I, and I read a book. I can't remember what the name of the book was. I followed baseball. I used to follow it religiously. And uh, it, it's a perfect it's 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 a perfect it's game. a perfect game as far as but it's the only game where if you succeed 30 percent of the time as a batter you're, you're hugely successful bucks, yes right? and i'm like and i'm like in the real world guys 30 percent of the time i would be sitting on my ass you know yeah. without a job yeah but and, 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 even just the way the game is structured the fact that the defense outnumbers the offense nine to one. Mm-hmm. There's nine players in the field and playing defense. The only person on offense is the person at the plate with a bat. One of the very few games where you can't score on defense. Yes. Right. Um, so the Jays, so it's October and the Jays could go to the World Series. Uh, favorite baseball player? Favorite baseball player of all time or currently? Of all time. Of all time. Uh, that would have to be Gary Carter. I grew up an Expos fan. Uh, and, oh, and, 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 and I was, I was the bat catcher when, yeah. I, when, I, when I played ball when I was a kid. I, I idolized Gary Carter. Mine was a, is a Carter, too. And it's Joe Carter. Oh. Joe Carter. Especially that the, the walk, home, home run. run right? Touch just, all the bases, Joe. Touch all, yeah, touch all the bases. Um, and then, but then I do like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a few others, um, uh, Winfield. Yes. Even though he was a Yankee. Yeah. I hated Ricky Henderson. Yeah. But I tell you what, that guy could steal bases, right? I'll give him that, you know, just because he did, I, you know, I, I think it's a player that, that destroyed the Jays a couple times that I really Hey, Eckersley, I could, but then I and I, uh, but I learned about Eckersley and I read some stuff about him and they got actually he's a pretty nice guy. Yeah, he was just a fantastic closer. Yeah, right. Yeah, he 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 was lights out. I I, I mean a uh, a pitcher, uh, a player I admired a lot as as an adult was Randy Johnson, just because oh. of what a devastating pitcher he was. When you're six foot ten, 
and you can throw 95, 96 miles an hour and then come in with a slider that's five to seven miles an hour slow and just freezes batters. Uh, or, or makes them wobble, left-handed batters, makes them literally wobble at the knees because they think the ball is about to hit them. They step back and the ball's a strike yeah. because it cuts in. Nolan Ryan, Charlie Huff. Charlie Huff, yeah. knuckleballer. I just, I just, I, I like, you know, and it's one of those things, if you have a knuckleball pitcher on your team, it's a great game to watch because you're shitting your pants the whole time. Because yeah. <laughs> that ball's just kind of floating over there, and he's your guy, and he's up there, but people just can't seem to hit it. To hit it. And and this is what I, I love so much about baseball. It's got such a rich history. Um, the weirdest things happen in baseball. Mm-hmm. The absolute most bizarre things that happen in baseball. Bucky Scribner, that right. that single between his legs yeah. down the line, yeah. down the first baseline, yeah, it, Boston, it, New York. Yeah. Oh. oh no, Boston. Yeah, the, it, the, it, the it was it, it yeah. was the Mets, and yeah, right through Bill Buckner's legs, and yeah, just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it, if and 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 that's, I also like it because it's it's a slow paced game. It's it's not in a huge rush to tell its story. It, it happens one pitch at a time, but so much hangs on every pitch, and so much hangs on on those little details. And that's I think one of the things people say. You know, it's so slow. But I I think if you take a look at the strategy behind the the game, yeah. And if you watch the fielder shift, if you watch the catcher call in the game, right? If you watch how this pitcher pitches to that particular batter and and it, then it becomes you know do we play in do we play out do we play for the steal do we play for the bunt do we play yeah. for yeah it's it's and and but the other thing is 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 the, the those players in in the major leagues are incredible athletes and and, and I would start with the pitchers mm-hmm. to to every 5 days uh, if you're starting pitcher come in and throw 95, 97 miles an hour for accuracy. Oh, and then you've got to throw some other pitches to mix mix it up, curveballs, Mm off-speed pitches, to mix it up, all for accuracy. Um, That requires an incredible degree of athleticism and commitment to your craft. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a very precise job. And uh, so... I look at the Yankees star pitcher, Garrett Cole, uh, a Cy Young nominee. I hope he doesn't win. I think Robbie Ray for the Jays has actually better numbers. Mm -hmm. Garrett Cole makes $35 million a year. That's his contract. Yeah, that's another reason I... So so basically he is paid... um, How much a pitch? It works out to about $1,000. Uh, he because in an average, he's paid a million dollars to start mm-hmm. uh, every time he starts. And the average now, I mean, so the average is what seventy, seventy pitches for no, no. A, a, a starter, if 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 a starter pitches into the sixth inning or the seventh inning, and and they're certainly expected to, especially if they're winning. Yeah. Um, they'll throw a hundred pitches. Hundred is seems to be this benchmark. It it, it really does, which of course, they pull them, right? which, yeah, which yeah. which of course, I, I I mean, I guess I guess when you're spending a million dollars to start mm-hmm. on a pitcher is you don't want to overwork that arm. It's a long season, and then if you make the playoffs, right, you want to have 
gas left in the tank. But, but uh, you know, Nolan Nolan Ryan was just getting warmed up at 100 pitches. He he routinely threw 130, 140 pitches, and then of course and if you go back for to what 20, 20 one years, 21 years, I think? Uh, yeah, or? 21, yeah, 22 yeah. years yeah. thrown through, I think, eight or nine no-hitters. And then, and then you know, we're ignoring the fact that, I mean, you go back in the, the, the deep history of of baseball to pitchers like Satchel Page, yeah. who would throw 100 pitches every two days. Yeah. and not, One day of rest. Come back and do it again. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen, what's that movie? It's about the Oakland A's. Moneyball, yep. I think it's called. And it's Brad, was it, is it Brad, Brad Pitt? Pitt? Yep. And I, I thought, oh, you know, what kind of movie? The Brad Pitt. And then I was like, oh, so that's, and then you look at the history of the Oakland A's yep. and what they were talking about in the movie as far as getting players from a st- statistic standpoint. And, and it's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And that's what the game is about. Well, and, 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 that's, and there's been a whole side of the game going back for decades uh, you, you, that you were a, a sabermetrician, that, that if, <laughs> if, if you were a baseball fan that, that studied statistics, that's what they called you, a sabermetrician. Mm-hmm. But that, that was always a side part of the game until until the moneyball era yeah. where 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 uh, Billy Bean um, a, a a highly ranked prospect and that's the moneyball story is is a highly ranked prospect who didn't succeed and then he becomes the manager of the Oakland A's and well how am I supposed to compete against the Yankees we've got no money and then discovered that that relying on the statistics was a far more valuable way to assess talent and assess value of players than the traditional way of of relying on scouts and and just relying on the chatter within baseball Mm -hmm. because on paper he was considered a top prospect even though all the warning signs were there that he would be a bust and so okay well I can't compete with the big teams, the Yankees and the Dodgers, using traditional methods. So I'm going to use what statistical I, yeah, methods. I get the bang for my buck. And and basically, he he found literally diamonds in the rough, and suddenly Oakland was was a contender for many years, until now everyone has yeah, <laughs> has now adopted it. And you those flip methods. over your baseball card. And what do you see? Yeah, I numbers. used to collect baseball cards. Yeah, numbers, numbers, statistics. Yes, uh, John Olrud. When we're talking about statistics, um, flirting with four hundred that year. That was yeah. I, I, you know, and I just well, please, John, because I think I, I love John. Olrud. Here's a guy that had a brain injury, um, who came to be one of the I think one of the most like you watch his swing and just watch him when he when he played. Yeah. He wasn't the greatest first baseman. Yeah. But his swing was so sweet. It, it, yes, there was no wasted effort. He he no. was the classic contact hitter. Yeah. Uh he could hit for power, but he did that very basic thing that the youngest kids are taught. Just make good contact, make, and he did. He did all the time. All and the time. and because he could do that, he could he could spray the field. Uh, he he could he could hit to all fields in all situations. Uh, another player who uh, flirted with four hundred, Rod Carew, same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
um, could hit. Minnesota Twins. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, that's the wonderful thing about baseball. It's just got this just wonderful history and, and I think it's exciting to watch. Uh, I, I hope the Jays make it, uh, by the time this comes out, they'll either have made it or they won't. Uh, Seattle has passed them by half a game. Uh, I, 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 in my perfect world, I wanted Seattle and Toronto to take those two wildcard spots, but I think the Yankees are all but in now. So basically that leaves Toronto, uh, Boston, Toronto, and Seattle fighting for the last spot. Well, who's in first in the East? Tampa. Tampa. In, in fact, they, they will, they will actually have the best record, uh, in the American League, so they will have home field advantage through the playoffs. Yeah, the you World know, Series. see, I haven't followed it for so for so. If you want to see a good, uh, I want to recommend a documentary, and it's Ken Burns' documentary, oh, the, ten, the, the tenth inning. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to see that, and you know, it's either PBS or YouTube yeah. or whatever. Get a ch- even if you're just a, even if you're a. A, a barely a, a baseball fan. I think it'll give you some insight, and it talks about, and it doesn't hold back. It talks about the the Black Sox and the 19, 1918 World Series, yep. and it talks about the juicing scandal and Barry Bonds, and should he really have those records? And yep. and and uh, and the asterisks next time. It talks about the the money and the so it doesn't hold back. Yeah, but it really gives you yeah it gives you an unvarnished view of the history, but it only goes up to. That Barry Bonds part yeah. when he was with San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah, yeah. yeah but, it, it's uh, Ken Burns, uh, and in his longer that that nine part series he did on baseball in the nineties, uh, also very much. Um, I did I, what he did another one, a different one. He did a different one back in the nineties, oh, okay. uh, and that was a fuller. Uh, it had a big I, heck. I, I was such a fan. It was a nine part documentary uh, uh, on the history of baseball and and in it you, you come away with the history of America <laughs> is, is, is that is that baseball really is America's sport in that it, it, its history so accurately reflects the history of America the the good and bad the challenges the racism um, workers rights right because uh, uh, major league players unionized in the 70s mm-hmm. uh, and, and the challenges that that came with that um, and so it's uh, it's quite a uh, I, I found it so incredibly insightful but it's it's been out now for almost 30 years so it's not as whitewashed as the as the the uh, American history in general. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, yeah. If you're going to talk about American history or Canadian history for that matter, I mean, you've got to be, you've got to be honest and look at it warts and all. Well, then I hopefully I think that's slowly, slowly. I, I I'd like to think that it's that it's starting. And, you know, we need to start somewhere. And I think you know we were talking about the book before. You know the lies my teacher told me. Is lies my teacher t- told ta- me. Yeah, taught me or told me. Taught uh, me. Lies my teacher taught me. Yeah, it's a James Lowen book from also from the nineties. Uh, fantastic book. He also did a, another great book called Lies Across America, uh, and, and, and the fact that uh, that from from our school books to our historical sites to our tourism attractions, uh, and you could very easily write uh, a, a book like that. Lies my teacher told me for Canadian history. You could write lies across Canada about 
the, the lies and the varnished truth that are at uh, tourist attractions and historical sites in Canada. The winners, uh, and I use that term as, I guess not. That's the wrong term to use. Winners, because it, you know, the winners write history. They, yeah, they control that's, the narrative. That, that, right? That's a horrible phrase, but yeah. they, but they do control the narrative. Yeah, they control the narrative, and and we, we brought this. This came up because we were talking about Thanksgiving and October's Thanksgiving, and, and and we will touch on gratitude, but also the reprehensible holiday that's. Still in the states, Still Columbus in the states, Day. Columbus Day, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, and, and that's one thing that uh, uh, James Lowen in his book Lies My Teacher Taught Me uh, devotes an entire chapter to Columbus and Columbus Day. Uh, the the fact that uh, right, he was an epic dick. He was an epic <laughs> asshole, <laughs> I mean, is what he was. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, the, it starts, you know, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, and he was this brave explorer and whatever. Except that. I mean, he was a mercenary. He was he was paid to find uncharted lands and plunder resources. And so, uh, the 1492 story with the with the Pinta and the Santa Maria and the three mm-hmm. vessels and and crossing, of course, ignore well. You know, as we found out, there were uh, lots of other explorers, including Amerigo. Amerigo Vespucci. Right. And that's why it's called the Americas. That's why it's called the Americas, because he was the first one. Well, the Vikings. Yes. And then, of course, the Vikings, the Vikings came before were. that. Uh, uh, and and there, there's, there's even evidence, uh, uh, limited evidence, that uh, uh, Polynesians may have actually crossed the Pacific. Um uh, in oh, then the Chinese, yes, and that wouldn't surprise me. You know? So uh, you know, unfortunately, that evidence is 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 unfortunately quite limited. But I mean, but in terms of Columbus, of course, is 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 the the the, the true history came out when he returned in 1493 because he returned in 1493 to uh, to the Caribbean, Hispaniola, what is modern day Haiti and the Dominican Republic, with gunships. And, and enslaved that population, uh, cut off their hands uh, if the men didn't work the mines. Uh, the, the women were, were used as basically sex slaves. Um, and that entire indigenous population was wiped out in about 60 years. Um, the starts with A, what the indigenous population i can't remember what that indigenous population's uh, name was but anyway wiped out within 60 years and 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 the thing is when people hear that people uh, automatically think that oh well that's just rewriting history and blah 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 except that that is actually uh, f- first source history meaning mm-hmm. that that first hand accounts first hand accounts that that that's from columbus journal columbus's journals as well as the journals uh that were kept uh of of members of his crew and and people who were there and and why would they lie mm-hmm. um th- th- they thought they were doing the lord's work and the work of their uh of uh, their uh, their money masters in terms of uh, plundering the resources and bringing them back to Europe. As a as humanity, I, I I like to think you know, and I'm I'm this this optimist, even though I do get jaded from time to time. <laughs> I think humanity, and we're starting to see though the cracks in that that armor. I, like I was saying before, that that you know, I don't like the term woke. 
but I believe that we are starting to wake up and, and let's take a serious look at the history and not not just the, the propaganda. You yeah. know, and, and, and that's that let's call it for what it is, you know, and it's the same with the statues of people like a Robert E. Lee, you yeah. know, in the United States. Um they were he for all intent and purpose he was a traitor. Yeah. So why would you have statues to yeah. to a traitor? I, I, I think in the case of Columbus and, and Robert E. Lee for that matter, I, I mean the fact that there's still a, a federal holiday in the United States for Columbus Day. Uh, Columbus was never an American and he would certainly have never had any first hand knowledge of what became the United States. So, so why do you have a national holiday? And I guess the second point that, that, that I would throw in with that is just that, um, was Columbus behaving in the way, uh, people behaved with the views people had in the uh, uh, late 15th and early 16th uh, century? Yes, of course he was. Without a doubt. Except that that doesn't mean that in the 21st century we need to continue to celebrate that in the same way that we shouldn't celebrate Robert E. Lee and maybe within Canada, maybe we shouldn't be celebrating people like John A. Macdonald and other architects of the residential school system as... Um, strongly as as we do. No, I, we can't. I, I don't think we can white. We can't whitewash it, but we can't. We can't ignore it either. I mean, we yeah. can't. We can't. Um, we need to take both the good and the bad, and yeah. we have to say, yes, that was in context to their times. Then, however, it does not make it. We can't use. We can't use that as an argument to justify that behavior because we've we've come we've come further than that yeah. as, as as humanity yeah well well and, and i mean at the end of the day I, the, um and as two white men talking <laughs> yeah. here uh we we are the beneficiaries of living on stolen continents north and south america uh had population indigenous populations in the millions mm-hmm. um and were conquered and colonized um and Again, we can't whitewash that. We we have to recognize that, and centuries later, we continue to be the beneficiaries of that um, that conquering and that colonization. And I think now it's kind of hard to talk about being grateful. <laughs> well, but, <laughs> you know? but but I I, I mean. I, before we came on, I mean, we were talking about is that even in the darkest moments, uh, you know, sometimes we can be, we can be grateful. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a good friend of mine uh, is uh, recovering from cancer treatment, mm-hmm. and and I was checking in on her, and she sent me a text, and she said, "I'm so grateful to have you as a friend." She's grateful. Mm-hmm. She's thankful. Mm-hmm. Is that even in this very difficult time? Um, she's 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 happy that there are people around her who care for her and love her and mm-hmm. and, and 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 to me that's actually I, I think I think Thanksgiving I mean other than its historical uh, 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 basis I, to me it, it's it's a day and, and a time of year where the days are getting shorter um, the, the cold season is upon us, mm-hmm. and maybe that is the time where we need to take stock and be be grateful and be appreciative that that uh, 
things may not be great. In, th- in fact, things may be downright horrible, but there is still so much to be thankful for. I, uh, I've been taught over the last 20 years, 25 years, to, to have an attitude of gratitude. And e- even, like you say, even in those dark moments. And, and, uh, and, I, and I look beyond, you know, it's the same with Christmas. To me, it's, a, it's just a secular holiday. It's not for me, for me. Now, I'll respect everybody else's deal. I, I got no issues with that. To me, it's like Merry Christmas, and I celebrate Christmas not because of its, of its origin, quote unquote yeah <laughs> but because it's just another holiday and we'll i'll get into this however practicing brotherly love right oh it's a season of brotherly love well the whole fucking year should be a season of brotherly love, every right? day just like gratitude i need to practice gratitude every day i remember in some of those moments where i'm just lost and i can't figure out what's going on I have people come to me and say, did you make a gratitude list today? You know, what's the, I used to do on Facebook every day, a positive and a gratitude. So one thing positive about myself, so the inside and one thing I'm grateful for on the outside and, and then realize like, holy shit, I got a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and the fact that, 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 that if you are in a good place and you are, that frankly you've been blessed mm-hmm. uh, with good fortune, uh, and, and that especially looking at that external thing, what are the external things you need to be grateful for? And the fact that, wow, there are a lot of things that I I, I shouldn't be taking any of this for granted mm-hmm. uh, because I I enjoy things that many people don't. Whether whether it's the, the 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 financial wealth or the wealth of of a great family and and many good friends or or the, or the respect of others uh, there are a lot of people who are lonely there are a lot of people who are disenfranchised and I I, I think it's recognizing that what what, what did Bono say uh, in uh, do they know it's Christmas thank God I, I, uh, it's them instead of you I mean mm-hmm. be grateful because there are other people that are really hurting and I think it's also a time to what can I do to help what can I do to help that's just it I, th- I think I don't believe in it I think we we talked about altruism just a cu- couple episodes ago yeah. and, and, and and to me altruism is dead because there's I'm always going to feel something if I do if I do an act of kindness i get some benefit so so that the act of altruism is not there like there's no altru altruism um, um it may, from the outside it may look like it but inside i feel good when i do something good yeah. when i when i'm able to give um and showing gratitude yeah i i feel this um it mind you it is harder it, it's easier to show gratitude when the times are good, baby. But when I lose a job, you know, when I can look back and say, wow, you know, losing that job was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. At the time, though, it's difficult to, to be grateful. And I have, yeah. you know, and to say, okay, I'm grateful I have this. I'm grateful I have that. I'm grateful that I'm, you know, got a pulse and I'm grateful I got family. And then trying to get through that with all those other things to be grateful about, but it's tough. It it, it really is tough, and and it's, uh, uh, I, I mean, tying both our discussion earlier about athletics and and gratitude together is is 
sometimes you will even hear athletes talk about that the greatest lessons didn't come from winning the championship. It came from losing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? That, that the most valuable lessons learned were, were, were in the act of, of, of the aftermath of defeat. And, 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 the, and, the, and, and I think that applies to lots of different people in lots of different situations is that you, you find that resilience and you're forced into places and directions that you never considered and literally other doors are opening. And so that's why when I look at a team like the Jays, they're young, they're so talented. Um, if they lose this year, that'll just make them better for for next year, hopefully, and uh, uh, and and of course that is that is the story of baseball. Is that baseball starts up in the spring? Hope springs Just eternal. Hope springs eternal. The the, the Cubs are going to win it all this year, right? <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, uh, yeah. It, it, you, you you start with a fresh slate and uh, see what happens. There was a few things in my in my when I was younger. There was a few logos that really had an impact on me. One is the Cubs logo. The other is STP. Oh. Richard Petty. Right. Because I'm a NASCAR fan. Right. Or I used to. When I used to watch TV, when I had cable, I used to watch all that. Uh, and then in a way, I'm grateful I don't have cable now. And I, and I, and I do miss all, I miss those sports. But I'm grateful in the sense that I'm I'm able to take my uh, my uh, spend my time doing doing other things, mostly I, creative pursuits. See, and and that's where you, I I I tip my cap to you because I I I grew up as a kid uh, watching live sports, uh, even with one channel in the Northwest Territory, CBC. CBC. <laughs> I, I I still had my my regular diet of of uh, CFL football, of Major League Baseball, of course, all the Expos, and uh, and then eventually the Jays, and then uh, uh, particularly Hockey Night in Canada. Howie 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 Meeker. I was. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. All right, you kids at I home, gotta, watch this. Watch this now. Roll it back. I got it tell a story i was passed out under a park bench in davisville park and howie meeker used to jog around and i and so there i was just in this park it was a low time yeah <laughs> i was living in the back of a gas station and passed out in the park so there you go and i remember being hung over and all i heard oh no howie played tennis and and there was davisville had tennis courts davisville park and you could hear howie he could hear his voice ringing through the entire park, and it woke me up. And it was the most, oh, I couldn't, I had just had to leave the park. Yeah. Although I loved his voice, but at that particular time. So Howie Meeker, the the, the voice of Hockey Night in Canada for a long time. Yes. Or yeah. the color commentator. He a color commentator, and of course, he, he invented Peter Puck. Do you remember Peter Puck? No. So Peter Puck was was his sort of cartoon invention of a way to explaining to kids, right? Because he was always right. That was one of his famous expressions. You know, you kids at home, right? Mm -hmm. Again, very much he he wanted to uh, in, speak to young people, get young people excited about the game and and learn about the game. And so Peter Puck, I even had a Peter Puck book when I was a kid, right? <laughs> explaining the rules and what the referee was doing with the various signals to signal penalties mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And it was just, it was really cool. So one thing, um, 
One thing you're truly grateful for. Um, I'm grateful for, uh, I guess, a sweeping thing, second chances. I feel I've had more than my fair share mm -hmm. of second chances from uh, a second marriage to uh, a beautiful woman that I just love so much. And it just, it wasn't that my first one was a disaster. I raised a, a beautiful daughter that mm -hmm. I love so much with my first wife, but second chances to get, do it better, get it right. And I feel I've had a lot of second chances in my life, professionally, personally. Um, and uh, I, that's easily what I'm most grateful for. Second chances, that's it. I would have to say I'm, and this is this might sound a little corny. Uh, I'm grateful that I learned how to be grateful. Like I like I learned how to to be grateful not for not just for things for myself, but when I look outside and I see somebody succeed, where where there used to be envy, now there is celebration. Yeah. So I'm grateful for other people. That's success. a really cool thing to be grateful for. You've been listening to Everything Everything with Neil Godbu and Michael Cast. Everything Everything is produced at the Arch North Podcast Studio in downtown Prince George, British Columbia. If you want to check out our playlists, look for the link in the description of this episode. I'm Michael Cast for Everything Everything. Everything.